Hello, and welcome back to Murder in the Kitchen podcast. I'm Libby. And I'm Callie. And uh, we skipped last week because we're lazy fucks. Yeah. Yeah, I needed naps. (laughs) I think you needed naps too. I needed so many naps. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always Always naps. Always naps. Um, but we're back now, and we have alcohol. And a couple of cases. We have alcohol and missing people. Yeah, alcohol and missing people. (laughs) Wow, that's not the greatest combination. (laughs) Oh, well. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, I mean, I guess that's why we're doing this, right? That makes up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, wait, funny story, because I just saw this pen. I came home, and I was sitting on the couch right there. And it was down like this. And I was like, Mom, is that a balls and penis pen? And she goes, no, it's a thumbs up, you fucking idiot. For Christmas, my sister's um, mother-in-law got her, um, like, a lighter sleeve. And it has, like, six-pack abs and then a dick and balls on it. <laughs> and, and her boyfriend has one that has boobs and a vagina oh on it. God. I was like, oh, my God. I kind of, I'm not going to lie, though. I kind of want the one with the dick on it. <laughs> Uh, so how have you been? How was your week off? Um, you know, stressful, like every other week. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Are you even excited for the football game or the food? Both. (laughs) I do actually enjoy football, believe it or not. I do. The only sports I, like, like, cannot seem to get myself to watch is, like, basketball and baseball. I thought you were about to say soccer and I was about to kick you out. No, I can watch soccer. I can't watch basketball and baseball. I don't know what it is, but, like, they both just bore the shit out of me. Well, I feel like baseball is boring because it's a non-contact sport. Right, like, I guess, like, I like the sports where I can watch people get fucked up more. (laughs) Like And basketball, they're all just Like, hockey is my number one. I love I love watching them throw each other into glass and shit. Speaking of that, I'm going to a BUBC game. I know, you told me about that that's gonna be fun do you want to come kind of i have an extra ticket <laughs> oh really yeah. oh that's right because <laughs> you want to come yeah okay i'll go um the 26th word sorry jen <laughs> not sorry jen <laughs> it's a saturday we have sundays off yeah that's yeah fair yeah fuck you jen <laughs> I don't think she's caught up yet, so... <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else, and I forget. Oh, yeah, Libby's coming over on Super Bowl Sunday. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, we have wings, uh, cheeseburger dip, um, alcohol, um, charcuterie boards. And I'm going to make these things that our friend makes. They're called chicken stars. And it's like chicken, shredded chicken with cheese, ranch, and taco seasoning. And you put it in a wonton wrapper and bake it. It sounds amazing. Oh, what is Ella? Oh, Ella. (laughs) I just called her my niece's name. What does Bella like to drink? Uh, She drinks like soda, juice, water. Any specific type of anything? Just, I mean, Sprite's her favorite okay. soda, but other than that, she drinks pretty normal. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been any... Oh, hold on. 
any updates? Yeah. Um, okay, so Harmony Montgomery update. Um, her mother still thinks she's alive, which I think is adorable, and I love that, and I, I really hope she's alive, too. I hope she's alive. Um, they also, New Hampshire authorities are now saying that Harmony may have been last seen with her dad and stepmom up to two weeks after they claimed she moved back in with her biological mother. So, they're fucking liars, and they're in jail. Yeah, 100%. Also, every time I see these cute-ass pictures of her, um... It breaks my heart. Yeah, she's a fucking adorable. I can't. Um, but yeah, Kayla and, what's her dad's name? Fucking Adam? Yeah. Red flag. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I've known a few fucked up Adams. It's fine. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not gonna say that on the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck my life. That's right. Anyway, that's my update that I have for um, Harmony Montgomery right now. Um, sorry, Grumpy Tim is messaging me about how to use a heating pad. He hurt his quad, and so I was nice and gave him a heating pad of my Theragun. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to use a heating pad because he's not a girl. And Felt he that. doesn't have cramps. Um, Ant's like a pro with heating pads because he's always in pain. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell him now he's a shout out on the pod. <laughs> he got outed on the podcast. He has to listen to it now. <laughs> um, Grampy Tim is not actually a Grampy. He's he just likes Grampy things. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't like old fashioned donuts. Oh, what? <laughs> He hates them. I'm not even old, but I kind of like them sometimes. <laughs> I like them. I like donuts. It depends on what I'm what I'm drinking with it. Anyway, okay. Grampy Tim, you have to listen to the pod now, or else I'm no longer inviting you to play soccer with me. <laughs> Ultimatum. Ultimatum. <laughs> anyway, um, wow. I guess we should get into some missing persons cases. Yeah. We've been rambling for like... Almost seven minutes. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's All normal. Right. It's on brand for us. It's fine. True. You want to go first? Yeah, I will. Okay. Okay. So, um, my missing persons case today was actually a listener submission. It's from my friend Emily. Um, and this is actually a case that's pretty close to us, too. Um... So, Amanda Grzewski was a 21-year-old young mother at the time of her disappearance on March 17, 2020. It was reported that she left a friend's house on Birch Street in Derry, New Hampshire without her purse, cell phone, or other belongings and has not been seen or heard from since. She didn't have access to a car and was known to have substance abuse issues in the past. She's been known to frequent Salem, Manchester, Nashua, and Hooksett. Oh, this is local. Yeah, it's very local. Um, so she, when she disappeared, she was five foot five and one hundred and thirty-five pounds. Um, 
It, within the nine days after Amanda was last seen, police released multiple press releases detailing Amanda's appearance, including a photo of her with her brown hair and hazel eyes, dressed in a white cardigan, pastel blouse, and a choker, and the details involving all of her belongings having been left behind. Four months later, after more press releases had been put out, there was still no word on Amanda. No witness tips, nothing, as though she had just disappeared into thin air. Her mother was quoted as saying, It's been four months and it's gut-wrenching, really. At this point, most people were already gaining a solidifying sense that she was dead since she still had not been seen or heard from. Her mother also said, I totally feel like there was foul play in my eyes, or something happened and someone did away with her. Her mother said that even during Amanda's active use of and addiction to fentanyl, her communication was limited, but she did always talk to at least some family member once a week. Um, her mother went on to say, it's totally not her. She would have called. With every passing day, Amanda's mother is fearing the worst, that she was murdered or died from an overdose and someone disposed of her body to not be able to see any blame for it. Amanda was homeless at the time of her disappearance after being told to vacate a motel she was staying at in Nashua, which she left with two bags full of clothing and other personal items, her purse and her phone to spend a night at a friend's house on Birch Street in Derry. There were three or four others there that night, and they all state that Amanda had stayed up when everyone else turned in for the night. Which, I don't know, that just, that just seems off to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Something about that just doesn't seem right. But, no. No, no. No, no. Um, one of the others woke early in the morning to see that Amanda was gone, her belongings not having been taken with her. They waited two days to see if she would return before they contacted a family member, who then immediately contacted police. I just want to say, if she took all, none of her belongings, I would, I would wait two days. Two days, yeah, I wouldn't either. And it's like, I get it, like, sometimes when someone's in active addiction, like, they will just, like, up and disappear like that. But, like, from my own personal experience with family members in active addiction they will take their shit with them because yeah. it's often it's all they have. Exactly. So they're not going to leave it behind somewhere. I'm very attached to my shit. Me too. So, <laughs> so it's I like wouldn't I, leave it I behind. I wouldn't leave it behind. Um, so Captain Thomas of the Derry Police Department said that her leaving her cell phone wasn't the only strange thing. Her cell phone showed texts to an unknown person in which she discussed her desire to move to Salem. Thomas said of the text, We don't know what her destination was in Salem, but we were thinking she was going to stay there instead of Derry. Her messages were brief. Many of Amanda's phone contacts were under nicknames or didn't have the last name attached, and when police tried to trace the number of the person she had been texting, it led back to a prepaid burner oh, phone. No, run. <laughs> There's like, always something wrong when oh, it's a prepaid phone. And you phone. know it's bad when it's a prepaid phone. <laughs> Police were keeping most of the details of the case close to the chest so as not to give too much away, but Thomas was able to give the public a little bit more information. He said that police conducted three canine searches in the wooded areas around Birch Street where she was last seen, and a fourth was conducted in the area behind the police department off Folsom Road. Amanda's social security card was found on the ground outside Elliott Hospital on March 26, 2020, the same day the police publicized her disappearance. 
Multiple friends and family members of Amanda's did say that she had been involved in prostitution in the past, re- past like related to her substance sex abuse, work. which is sex oh, work. No. Sex work. Um, prostitution is not a nice word for it. Right. We're trying yeah. to be politically correct. Oh, sex work. That's right. Yeah. Um, but she was a sex worker. Um, and that's actually really, really common with people with substance abuse issues because it's a fast, easy way to get money. A quick buck. I should do that. Yeah. I'm not addicted (laughs) to anything. Except for red flags. And needing money because I'm broke as fuck. Red flags and alcohol. Um, a sober friend of Amanda's, though, did receive an anonymous tip that she informed the family of that this person, quote, knew what happened to Amanda and where she is. Okay, please inform us. But that was it. Wow. The person never said anything else. Um, That friend who got that message said that some of the people Amanda was involved with had had a violent past. When Amanda disappeared, she had a four-year-old daughter who is now being raised by her mother. One year after her disappearance, police are still were still no closer to finding Amanda or learning exactly what happened to her. It's now been nearly two years, and Amanda's family still has no answers about what happened to her. If anyone has any information regarding Amanda's disappearance or current whereabouts, please contact the Derry Police Department in Derry, New Hampshire at 603-432-432. Six one one one. A family member does also have an active one thousand dollar reward in place for any information leading to finding Amanda, whether that's dead or alive. Oh, so yeah, that one was like a a huge one. Um, and it's like, uh, they count the they count her disappearance as part of like this str- the string of disappearances we were having in like twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Um, and out of, like, five people that went missing, only, like, I believe one or two has been found, um, and both of those ended up being, you know, thankfully there was no foul play, but yep. there, it was overdose, um, type thing, but, yeah, it's just, it's weird, because she was, like, one of the, like, five people that went missing all in that, like, span of time that hasn't come back around. Um, but still, I just think that her leaving her stuff behind, like, that doesn't seem right to me at all. Um, and then, I mean, like, her social security card being found outside the hospital. Bro, I don't even, my social security card is in a safe. Right. So, and I mean, I get it, like, obviously she was homeless, so she probably was carrying it around with her, but it's like... I'm, it's hard to say, like, did she have it in her pocket? Was that something that was like, in her yeah. wallet? Like, when did I travel she lose it my... while getting a client or something like that? When I travel with my passport, I'm anxious the whole time because those are documents that people want to steal. Right, exactly. So you, like, social security card, passport, like, shit like that. Your driver's license, anything. This driver's license is not as bad. Driver's license isn't as bad, but, like, those real, like, government official yeah. documents, yeah. You, like, I get anxiety holding those outside of the safe. Yeah. So, like... Uh, I'm always afraid that I'm going to lose it. Yeah, the fact that it was on the ground is not, not a good sign. No, and it's a pain in the ass to get a new one, so you know she wouldn't have just, like, willingly dropped it and left it there. Um, I, like, I have a feeling that her mom is, is right, and that, um, 
and that, you know, maybe her substance abuse issues were kicking in, and maybe she overdosed or yeah. something and someone hid the body, but, like, come on. Why would you hide the if body if you are nothing involved, to do with it? If, if it happens, it happens. Like, yeah, they're gonna look at you and be like, what the fuck, because, like, you were there and this person died because they OD'd on drugs, but they're still not gonna put you at fault for it unless you're the one that sold them the drugs in the first place, which is, like, a totally different thing. Yeah, but now you have concealment of a body. Right, exactly. And it's, I don't know, I just feel like if something like that happened, it would be so much easier to just call an ambulance or something and be like, look, they did a bunch of drugs and, like, now they won't wake up. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's just so much easier to get help in those situations than try to stash the body, because you're only making it worse for yourself. You're literally making it worse. Yeah. So, hopefully, they can, um... Get answers. Get answers. Get closure. Find something that has to do with it. Um, I, I feel like it's still crazy that, like, they haven't... That the canine searches didn't turn up everything or anything at all. No. But I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe they should consider going back through those areas with a cadaver dog versus a regular, you know, police canine unit and see if they can turn anything up. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's just sad because I feel like most missing persons cases don't get solved. Mm. Don't get solved or they're usually dead. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, like, the part that makes it hard. I feel like it's easy to associate, like, missing person with, like, they've already died. Yeah. Um. I just feel so bad for her poor little daughter because, like, four years old, you know she was old enough to notice that mom was gone. She's gonna remember. They remember more than you think. They do. Alright. Let's, let's do my sad and depressing. Who you got forward? I... I'm going to talk about, um, if I can fucking get this open, thank you, computer, um, the disappearance of Lauren Spearer. Oh, this is a good one. I'm, like, kind of familiar with it, but I don't know, like, all the details. <clears throat> so, here we go. Sorry, I'm gonna move my pineapple. I have a half a pineapple right here, and I'm just eating it. I hate that man. <laughs> you want to tell him what just happened? Um, so my husband um, just sent me a picture. Apparently him and my two-year-old are playing with Play-Doh, and he decided that uh, the best thing to teach my two-year-old how to make would be a dick and balls. So <laughs> that's where we're at today. I'm interested to see... Uh, interested to see what I get when I get home. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, I love Ant, though. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. You married him. I'll keep him, I guess. Uh, I guess. Anyway, so, Lauren. Oh, sorry, that's my can. I'm just struggling right now with my life. Okay. Ten years ago, 20-year-old Lawrence Barrier went out for a night of fun with friends and was never seen again. This disappearance of the Indi Indiana University Bloomington student left her family, friends, and college community stunned. Seemingly having vanished without a trace, 
What happened to Lauren has been a burning question for many ever since, especially her family, who run a Facebook page posting updates on the case. Oh, no. I know. That reminds me of the Elijah Lewis mm-hmm. case. That's what it made me think of. Now that he's gone, they it's just like a remembrance page, but still. Lauren was from Scarsdale, New York, a suburb of Westchester County. She was a college sophomore studying fashion merch. You know, I hate <laughs> that I can't read. <laughs> anyway, she was a college sophomore studying fashion merchandising who had just finished her second year at IU. She was taking a summer class before heading to New York for an internship at Anthropology when she went missing, which Anthropology is a great-ass brand, and she should be proud of herself for getting that internship, and I'm proud of her, even though she's missing right now. That's a good-ass brand. That is a big brand, brand. Yeah. Um, Lauren was petite with striking blue eyes and blonde hair. She had been wearing a white top and black pants the night she disappeared. She was last seen walking barefoot and going south on College Avenue from 11th Street during the morning hours of June 3, 2011, according to the Bloomington Police Department. The Bloomington Police Department, the Indiana University Police Department, and the FBI joined forces in a nationwide search that saw investigators descend on the remote woods of Indiana, abandoned quarries, 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 abandoned quarries, different bodies of water, and even a landfill. You know, a good drinking game is every time I fuck up a word or question how I pronounce something, just take a drink. Yeah, that's that's how we get trashed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you, like, get through your shit. No problems, and I'm over here like, fuck. Do you remember the first case I did, though? I was like, map, and over that. My first case was great, and then it's just, <laughs> it's just going down downhill. Sounds, sounds about right. Sounds on par with my life. Okay. We're going to get back into this really sad case now. Stop laughing. I can't. <laughs> Lauren's heartbroken parents, Charlene and Rob, appeared at a at Daily Press press briefings, and even offered a reward of $100,000 for their daughter's safe return. News of her mysterious disappearance captivated the nation and caught the attention of celebrities, such as Kim Kardashian, when it began trending on social media. Yo, you want to know what the most unlikely fucking duo is? Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Right? I was like, what the fuck? Sorry. Off track. Okay. Over the years, many news programs such as 2020, true crime shows, and podcasts highlighted Lauren's story. In 2019, it made Time Magazine's top five mysterious disappearances of all time. Oh, wow. Which, fun fact, is where I got this case. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I read that article. (laughs) Three months after Lauren went missing, her parents hired Mike Cervolo. 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 We're going with That's it. a hard word. That's a hard word. That's a hard Don't try to fucking help me out. I know. I suck at life. A private investigator and chief of investigations at the New York-based firm, Bo Dietti and Associates. We're just gonna... I'm just gonna start saying words like I know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> just for... Confidence. Just, just make it to you, make it. <laughs> That's what I've been doing my whole life. Same. I've never seen a case where there's no suspect, no body, no DNA, no arrest, no optots... 
autopsy. No court documents, nothing. Former NYPD detective told inside additional... Addition <laughs> digital. Why can't I do shit? Can we... I forgot to type his name and I accidentally wrote former NYPD detective lieutenant. Is that a thing? If you're a cop, let us know. Detective lieutenant, is that a thing? <laughs> Creepy Tim has to listen to this. He'll have to tell us. Uh, um, the day before the 10-year anniversary of Lauren's disappearance... Uh, the Bloomington Police Department released a pre-taped video update on the investigation stressing that Lauren's case was not a cold case, but a case that continues to remain active. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> that is so fucking... <laughs> I'm tired. Chief Michael Dikov. <laughs> Dikov. 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 Oh, you know he got bullied so hard. <laughs> but it's spelled D-I-E-K-H-O-F. It doesn't matter. I know. You know he got bullied Dykoff? so hard. It's probably Oh, that's Dykoff. even worse. Dykoff. Okay. Um, Chief Michael Dykoff said they continue to investigate leads and work with the FBI to find Lauren. He said their department has more than 36,000 tips since Lauren vanished. Wow, that's, that's actually a fuck ton of tips. Um... That's gross. Anyway, I would return that. <laughs> um, sorry. While much time has passed since her disappearance, the search for Lauren is still very active, Dykoff said. Now I can all I can think of is Dykoff. It's fucking A. <laughs> over the last three to four years, investigators have received over 800 tips and executed at least 10 search warrants. He encouraged the media oh, to keep Lauren's story alive and for anyone with information to contact the authorities. Anything you might know, even if it seems small, could provide the answers to Lauren's disappearance, he said. Siravolo, the private investigator that Lauren's parents hired, also continues to search for answers. People often ask me, well, what do you think happened to Lauren? I wish I had the answer because we wouldn't be doing this interview now ten years later, he said. Someone knows something, and this family deserves closure. This family deserves an answer as to what happened to their daughter. Where is she? And we are not going to rest until we can bring closure to this very sad story. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one just slipped out. Oh, God. Anyway. All right, so, um, oh the night she disappeared. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> the night she went missing, Lauren had been invited to a, a pregame party that was being thrown a few blocks from her apartment on 11th Street and College Avenue. The party was being thrown by Jay Rosenbaum, who Lauren knew previously, and two new people she had met a week prior at the Indianapolis 500, Mike Beth and Corey Rossman. Oh, thank God they had easy last names. Sorry. Siervolo said he spoke with Rosenbaum and Beth about the night Lauren went missing. He said Lauren went to the party with her friend David Ron and then left the party with Rossman, according to Siervolo. The pair ended up at Kilroy Sports, a popular college bar on Walnut Street, and after a few drinks, headed back to Smallwood Apartments, where Lauren lived. 
Inside the apartment building, Lauren ran into four boys she knew. Sierra Volo said they didn't know Rossman, and when they said they saw Lauren, she was intoxicated. The boys told Rossman to take her home, which they were literally at her fucking apartment complex. What the fuck do you think he's going to do? Right. Rossman told them that he's got it. Um, when the boys insisted that he take her back to her apartment, Rossman was reportedly punched in the face and he fell to the floor. The other group apparently fled the scene. So the four boys fled the scene. Of according they did. to Siravolo, who is the private investigator. But this is all coming from um, the people he interviewed. Obviously not firsthand. He wasn't mm-hmm. there. So who, who knows if it's true or not. At least he was building up some info. Yeah. He's doing his job. He really Proud of him. Job. Yeah. Sometimes you can get really lazy private detectives that just don't really want to put effort in? effort into it. And then um, you get ones like this that are just like, I'm going to find fucking everything. I'm sorry I fucked up your name. You're a great guy. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> Not that he's going to listen to right. this. <laughs> Listens. <laughs> Listens. Hey, you pronounced my name wrong. We get an email. Once Rossman recovered, he and Lauren left the building and walked along a long alleyway leading up to 11th Street. Siravola said they were seen on camera stopping at a building where Rossman knocked on the door of an apartment occupied by four other girls he knew. It was 2.30 a.m. at the time, past my bedtime, and all the girls had been sleeping. Siravola said he was able to see Rossman and Lauren on surveillance video, but then lost sight of them when they were going through a vacant lot. There were no cameras situated on 11th Street anywhere near the townhouses where Rossman, Beth, and Rosenbaum lived, Siravola said. Well, then I have to cough. <clears throat> the Rona. I'm kidding, I don't have it. According to the investigation, Siravola said Lauren left her shoes and cell phone at the bar and Rossman had carried her through a vacant lot that led to his townhouse on 11th Street because there were sharp, sharp objects and broken bricks on the ground. What a gentleman. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> when they arrived at the apartment that Rossman shared with Beth, Beth was working on a paper for school. Which, why the fuck are you working on a paper at 2.30 in the morning? You procrastinator. Yeah, you know he waited until it was due the next day, and it's like 12 pages, and he's like, fuck, I gotta go. Fuck. Siravolo said Rossman ended up getting sick, and Beth helped him up the stairs to his room and put him in his bed. Beth asked Lauren to stay the night on the couch, but she declined. Beth then brought Lauren to his neighbor, Jay Rosenbaum, who also offered Lauren his couch and a pillow to sleep on, but Lauren wanted to go home. Lauren, you were home earlier. Siravolo, sorry, I shouldn't, <laughs> that just slipped out, but, you know, when you're drunk, you like to wander, I understand completely, I wander when I'm drunk. I once ran away for 15 minutes from my friends screaming, we're going on an adventure, oh and they had to come and find me. I was in heels and a dress, so I wasn't getting far, but. Oh my god, no, I would die if I was in heels. Siravolo said after Lauren went out the door, Rosenbaum claimed he went on the terrace and he called out to Lauren and said, text me when you find your phone. Sierra Volo said he also told him that he's not sure, but he thinks he may have uh, seen another individual in the shadows intercept Lauren on the corner of 11th and College, and then lose the sight of her around the corner. Oh, did you know? Bitch, 
Walk her the fuck home. For real, like, why are you not taking her all the way if you're that concerned about it? You have your phone. She does not. Um, it was close to 4.30 a.m. at this time. Um, Rosenbaum reportedly told the Bloomington police that he was the last person to have seen Lauren, according to Ciravolo in a report by WBIW.com. Oh, I said that perfectly. WBIW.com. Sorry. Yeah, that one's a hard one. <laughs> proud of me for that one. Though. I would have fucked that up so bad. Lauren's boyfriend of two years, Jesse Wolf, also attended Indiana University. The two had met at a sleepaway camp years earlier. That is adorable. <laughs> they were in an exclusive relationship, and Wolf had hoped to marry Lauren one day. Aww. No guy wants to do that with I me. I wonder if he, like, ever moved on. I don't know. Or if, like... This isn't was, about him. I it's know, but Lauren. it makes... But obviously he loved her. Well, I'm glad. He should, bitch. Just kidding. I'm unlovable. Salty. I'm unlovable. <laughs> uh, Wolf reported Lauren missing to Bloomington police when he was unable to reach her. The night she vanished, Wolf said he was with his fraternity bros. I said bros. The article said brothers. Well, yeah, but I mean... His frat bros. Frat bros. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the NBA finals at an off-campus frat house. This alibi is confirmed. Okay. Drink break. Um, what could have happened to Lauren? We have... <laughs> we still have three scenarios that are in play, Siravolo said. He said Lauren could have died independently and without the interference of anyone else, was killed by someone she knew, or she was abducted by a stranger. You have a young, barefoot, very petite young woman who may have had one too many drinks walking home on a dark street in a college town. That's why I have always, like, been afraid to walk alone because I am also a small person and when I'm drunk, I'm drunk and, like, I am not fighting anything off. Oh, I will... (laughs) Fuck you up. Well, there's a reason I don't go out alone. <laughs> I used to walk alone so much in Providence at night when I was trashed. and I'm surprised I'm alive. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. Um, and having spent some time in Bloomington, there are a lot of unsavory, unsavory characters roaming the street at night. That's one way to put that. It's sketch. Um, I roam those streets at night looking for people like this, so that is a possibility. Sierra Volo said. Lauren also had a condition called Long QT Syndrome, a disorder that causes potentially dangerous, irregular heartbeats and requires medication. In September, the true crime podcast series Finding Lauren was launched. Fuck. The host and creator of the weekly show is Kira Breslin, granddaughter of the legendary newspaper columnist Jimmy Breslin. Each week... Kira explores the details of Spearier's disappearance and interviews different experts who can offer a unique perspective into the case. She's spoken with a former homicide detective with the NYPD, a psychoanalyst that specializes in trauma, and Siravolo himself. Breslin is no stranger to Spearier's story. Like Spearier, Breslin attended Indiana University in late August 2011, two months after Spearier disappeared. Like Sperrier, Breslin had been a sophomore as well. Their college life was similar. Both women lived in the same off-housing apartment units, then known as Smallwood. Both women went to the same bars in downtown Bloomington and had mutual friends. 
We walked in very similar shoes, and it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that all these years have gone by and we still have no answers, Kira told Inside Edition Digital. Going out to the bars in downtown Bloomington, attending parties, drinking and staying out late with friends was all a part of the culture, but the culture was forever affected by Lauren's disappearance. Lauren Sperrier's disappearance was something that shaped my college experience and something that I have continued to think about, Kira said. Her story affected so many people, and it didn't matter how close or how removed you were. It hit home for so many. Breslin told Inside Edition Digital that she only ever heard of wonderful things about Lauren. She was involved with the Jewish community at IU and built a large, loving circle of peers, all of whom remained devastated by her disappearance. The whole summer leading up to attending Indiana, Lauren's disappearance was all anyone could talk about. I felt like, at the time, everyone seemed to know someone involved or had a theory on what what happened. It was very unsettling, Kira said. In the wake of Spurrier's disappearance, undercover police and campus security became an even bigger fixture at IU. Students found using fake IDs, Oh, students found using fake IDs were made examples of by local police, with many arrested and left in holding cells overnight, she said. Greek life was a part was a big part of the campus life at IU. Sorority and fraternity houses also put different safety protocols in place, including the buddy system where no one would travel alone. That should be like Which is like that should just be knowledge. all the time, yeah. Overall, there was a feeling of unease and anxiety for many students, she said. Missing posters and billboards with pictures of Lauren's face could be spotted around Bloomington for months. Every shop window, every tree, every bulletin on campus was a plea for help. It was heartbreaking. It was daunting to think that this could have easily happened in a place we all felt so safe and so perfect, she said. Mm -hmm. The night she vanished, Lauren had reportedly appeared very intoxicated. Nine months before she went missing... Lauren had been arrested for public intoxication, and after she disappeared, police found a small amount of cocaine in her room, according to ABC News. But that was not unique on campus. Not for many people Lauren's age. Yeah, I mean, age. college kids party all the time, so that's not... Yeah, it's, it's not even... time to exp- experiment. experiment. Yeah, and it's not even... That's not even indicative of her, like, even having, like, a... Like, an addiction problem or anything either. Like, she very well could have just used it when she went out. Like, yeah. Or was, like, thinking of using it or, like... Or had tried it once and then maybe she didn't like it and it was just in her room, you know? Um, You're young, you want to have fun. Indiana was known for that. But this level of partying perpetuated many dangerous situations that didn't start and end with Lauren, Breslin said. I wanted listeners to have a very clear understanding of this moment in time and to see how it could impair judgment, especially for people with Lauren that night. Mm. Breslin is now one of the many people searching for am- answers in the decade-long mystery of what happened to Sperrier. I thought if I could offer a new perspective of a college student living in, a s- in similar circumstances, it might provide insight to the culture and bring attention back to the story, she said. Um, work on the Lawrence Sperrier case continues. It's still going on. Good. Cerevolo told Inside Edition Digital that over the last month, he had been looking into some fresh leads that came in over the holidays. The hard-nosed private detective said his persistence after all these years is still critical. I admire the Sparrier family and their courage, and I'm just not going to give up working on this case because I have a great deal of affection for that family, a great deal of respect. 
and I feel like I owe it to them to give them the answers that they, they deserve, he said. Which is so... That's really awesome that he, cute. like, hasn't stopped trying for I them. know. And the fact that he's getting new leads even now is... That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The Bloomington Police Department told Inside Edition Digital that anyone with information regarding the disappearance of Lawrence Barrier is urged to speak up. When reached by Inside Edition Digital, Charlene Sparrier said, We are still hopeful that we will get answers. As As incredible as it sounds, I know the knowing might be worse than the not knowing, she said. Police have not made any arrests or have named any suspects at this time. On Monday, January 27th, or 27th, 17th of this year, Lauren would have turned 31. Oh my god. But yeah. That's like such a, from 21 to 31, I feel like that's such a big, like, she's 20. it's when most people, 11, 20, she's 20. oh, 20, okay, but still, 20 to 31, that's like, I feel like those That's are, a, like, the biggest, growing some year. of the those biggest are years. years. Yeah, like, those are typically the years where you see people getting into their career, like, really getting into their careers, getting married, having kids, whatever it might be. Like, that's those are, like, those ten years are big years for getting, like, your life started. Unless you're me. <laughs> I started early. And I'll start late. <laughs> That's if, fine. I'll help you raise your ever. baby in your 40s. You're my dog. <laughs> exactly. My dog, baby. <coughs> hey, no I'll dying on the it. pod. I'm fine, I'm fine. No dying on the pod. I won't. I'll dog sit for you, though. Oh, thank you so much. He can be my, my dog. Don't assume it's gender. What if it's a girl? Okay, it can be my niece F you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you just said niece F you. <laughs> niece F you. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you saying it like that? It's Your from niece. A TikTok. It's a TikTok because the kid didn't know like what his um sister was having, so he called it his niece F you because uh. it was he didn't know if it was a niece or a nephew. <laughs> Nafis. Let's call it a Nafis. Nafis. <laughs> um but yeah, those are our Two missing cases this week. Um, follow us on Instagram at Murder in the Kitchen Podcast. Uh, follow our Patreon at patreon.com slash Murder in the Kitchen Podcast. See, I didn't fuck it up the side. I'm proud of you. I'm so <laughs> proud. Round of applause. Proud of um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud of you. Just kidding. <laughs> Shannon, if you're listening, I am proud of me. Oh, I have to make oh, an affirmation. Shannon. Okay. Um, send us your case suggestions at murder in the kitchen podcast at gmail.com. Or your experiences at the same place. Same email. Yep. Um, I've also been getting case suggestions to Facebook and stuff like my Facebook Messenger and stuff too, so you can totally do that. Okay, ready? Here's your affirmation to positively boost your mood up. Um today. I consciously choose to love myself. I am worthy of peace. I am worthy of success. I am worthy of joy. With patience and perseverance, I can achieve anything. I allow all of what no longer serves or aligns with my greater good to be released from my life today. No matter the challenge, setback, or burden, I always get through it. I've been through a lot, and I am so proud of the person I am and the person I continue to become. In other words, take them toxic bitches out your life and be happy. Cut them out.
It's great, trust it's me. It's great. Yeah, no, it is. It's um, awesome. I've done it. It's awesome. We will see you next week. Well, we won't see you. You will hear us, hear us next, at week. next week. Yeah. At uh, next week. At next week. At next week. <laughs> yep, that's that's where we're at now. <laughs> um, have a lovely day. Don't murder anyone. Enjoy your Super Bowl this weekend. Yes. Go Bengals. That's who I'm cheering for. Uh, yeah, what is that, Cincinnati? or? Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Are you cheering for the Bengals or the Rams? The Bengals. Good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like LA. Fuck LA. <laughs> Hopefully we will be cheering. Including in. their police department. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's a running joke. Um, hopefully we will see you next week when the, when the Cincinnati Bengals are the Super Bowl champions. Yep. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Oh, fuck, I do this every time. Goodbye. <laughs>